Today on the Craft Room Podcast, let's talk about clever craft storage solutions. This is episode 12. Welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lewis, professional crafter, craft teacher, and all-round craft enthusiast. This podcast will help you get great value from your craft supplies and perhaps help you discover new techniques, ideas, and products to take your crafting to the next level. There is so much craft to talk about, so let's dive right in. Hello, welcome to The Craft Room, where we are going to be talking about some clever craft storage solutions. Now, in episode 11, we talked about crafting in a small space, and we did discuss craft storage ideas a lot, because there is no denying that in order to work efficiently in a small space, you need to have some clever storage solutions. But there was so much more I wanted to tell you. So this episode, I guess, is kind of a sequel. Now, let's start with this, did you know? Did you know that I have a craft storage Pinterest board? It has over 900 different ideas for clever craft storage on it. I'm going to link to that in the show notes because sometimes it's when we see what other people are doing in their spaces that we start to find solutions for our own space. There's ideas for small things like storing knitting needles or storing sewing threads and others are kind of full walls of storage, cupboards of storage, entire rooms. There's something for everybody on there. And I've found a lot of inspiration on there for myself. And I hope that you'll find something there as well that you like. Now, if you're looking for the show notes, you can find them on your podcast app. But if you can't find them there, always head over to dawnlewis.com.au backslash podcast 12, as in the numbers one, two, and you will find everything. And today you'll find photos on that blog post as well. Now, In episode 11, I mentioned how I store my paper crafting embellishments by colour and I really wanted to talk more about that today. This colour storage system is not something I've always had, so I did want to put it into episode 11, but that would have made it just go so long and uh, so I thought, let's talk about it today. Now, these days, I store pretty much all of my craft supplies by colour, not all, but quite a lot of them because I work by colour and it makes perfect sense to me to store my stuff by colour. It makes them easier to find, it saves me time on so many levels, but it wasn't always like this. So in my last house, I had the luxury of this long, narrow room. It was a closed-in veranda on a 100-plus-year-old house. Um, My kids were sharing one great big bedroom, and so I had this little room that we had used for a nursery for my craft gear and my office stuff, and it was fantastic. I had two desks in there. I had a bookshelf piled up with stuff, and I could leave a project out on the table and stuff all over my desks and just shut the door. So it was very tucked away, not in view from the whole house. However, when we moved to the home where we live now, there was no little hideaway room for me because this house is seriously open plan. I ended up with a small folding table and a couple of kids' bookshelves, little ones, and all my paper crafting stuff had to fit on the desk under the desk or beside the desk in and on those little bookshelves. And it was right next to the kitchen. It was out in the open. Anyone who visited could see it. Inquisitive little fingers could get at it. Curious kittens could climb all over it. 
it was really difficult to keep it tidy, but I had to keep it tidy because I couldn't just close the door on it. Now, eventually we did put an extension onto our home, which is where all of my craft cupboards are now. But while it was still out in the open, I was coming up against the same issues all the time. Now, my embellishment stash is really a scrapbooker's dream come true. I had little storage containers full of all these fascinating bits and pieces. But when I wanted to create a layout using, let's say, purple and green, I'd pull out the ribbon box to find purple and green ribbon. And then I'd pull out the button box to find purple and green buttons. And then the eyelet box and then the fibers box and then the sticker box. You're getting the picture now. I'm pulling out box after box after box. And even though they were little, you know, they take up space on a desk and it was a really small desk. There is a photo on the blog post so you can see exactly how tiny this desk was. I could pull out what I needed and then I'd have to put them all away because if I didn't put them all back, then I didn't have room to work on my layout. And back then I was still scrapbooking a lot. It was a hassle and it was actually stopping me from crafting. Now, I can't remember exactly what sparked the idea, but one day I'd clearly had enough and I decided I needed a better system. I was choosing embellishments based on colour because I work by colour, so it made sense for me. I would look at the photos, I'd figure out what I my colour scheme was going to be, and then I would create complete chaos on my desk. There had to be a change. I had to change it. I was going to switch to storing my embellishments by colour. Now, I had limited space, so really, as we talked about in episode 11, my only option at this time was to go up. So I needed tubs that would stack. I hit the jackpot pretty early in my search in the reject shop here in Australia. In the kitchen aisle, I know, I know, in the kitchen aisle, I found some small five-litre rectangular clear tubs. They had lids that let them stack. They snapped on. They were lightweight. They were inexpensive. They were perfectly sized and they were readily available. You could get them everywhere. I put this system in place about nine years ago now and you can still get those tubs today. Uh, So I bought 10 five litre tubs. I think they cost me $2.50 each and I did grab a 10 litre tub for my pink embellishments because girls plus scrapbooking equals lots of pink stuff. I also bought a pack of 100 small Ziploc bags and a pack of sandwich-sized Ziploc bags. And that was pretty much all I needed to start on this project. There were some colours that I didn't own a lot of that could share. So I had very little yellow and orange supplies, so they shared a tub. Cream and brown shared a tub. Black and grey shared a tub. And green and teal shared a tub. I also set up a share one for gold, silver and all the other metallic kind of things. That tub is very full, I have to admit. So what I did... I sat down at my desk on my weird ergonomic chair and I laid all the empty boxes out on the floor with the lids underneath them. I grabbed the first clear little caddy. I'm pretty sure it was a button one. And it was a great little caddy. And I still use the caddies, but, you know, I'll get to that. It was a little clear box when the lid was closed and it was locked. Everything was in its own section. So I was able to keep all the colours separate in this box. It wasn't just a box full of all the buttons, you know, like Nana's button jar. So I grabbed the small Ziploc bags, I opened up the button box and I just started bagging buttons by colour. I bagged all the red ones and tossed that into the first box and then I bagged all the orange ones and tossed them in the next box and I bagged 
all the, the yellow ones and put them in with the orange ones. And I just kept going like that till the button caddy was empty and there was a bag of buttons in every box. And of course, I did them in colour order because that made perfect sense to me. Then I tackled the eyelets box. So I bagged each of them by colour and I put them in the appropriate box. And then when that caddy was empty, I put it to the side and I moved on to the brads. Then I moved on to the ribbons and I moved on to the fibres and all those random weird little bits and pieces that we somehow collect. And by the time I had a tower of empty caddies on my desk, I was starting to realise that I did not want to go rummaging through little Ziploc baggies, constantly opening and closing them to get what I wanted. I had been doing that for a while and it was, I realised moving forward, that was going to drive me crazy. And if it wasn't enjoyable and easy to get to the supplies, I wouldn't use them. And I didn't want to go back to the point where my storage system was stopping me or discouraging me from getting in and actually crafting. Now, as luck would have it, I had the same number of empty sectioned storage caddies as I did coloured tubs. This was definitely extra work and absolutely it was double handling and I seriously wrestled with the decision but I knew that it would save me time in the long run. I grabbed the red box and I emptied each of the baggies of little buttons and eyelets and things into compartments of a clear empty sectioned caddy. So in most cases I had way more sections than I had baggies. So I was able to split out the large buttons from the small and the medium. I was able to split large eyelets from small eyelets, split out round brads from shaped brads. There was tons of room to keep everything separate but see it at a glance and easily retrieve it from the caddy. I was so happy that I didn't have to deal with Ziploc bags ever again. I did leave the ribbon, paper flowers and fibres in their larger baggies. So when the box was finished, anything flat in flat packaging like stickers, skeleton leaves, adhesive gems, all that kind of thing went on the bottom of the tub, keeping them nice and flat. Then the little see-through caddy full of the little monochromatic goodies went on top. Small bulky items like washi tape and coloured glue sticks, they went around the edges and all the squishy baggies of ribbon and flowers and fibres and things, they went above and beside and around the little caddies. Now, I do have four other slimline cardboard boxes that live beside the colour tubs. They are sorted by theme. There's one for school, one for zoo, one for Christmas, and I have one with my favourite swap items. I kept these separate because when I want Christmas stuff, I don't want to go through every colour box to find it. You know, when they release Christmas things, sometimes it's all red and green, sometimes it's blue and silver, sometimes it's pink and light, like it changes changes all the time when the trends change. So I have a Christmas box with actual Christmas things like Christmas tree shaped buttons and so on. So I keep the Christmas stuff in there. And if I need extra embellishments to go with it, then I can go to the color box to get extra things that will match. This process took me about a week and I did it in fairly small bites of times. Uh, look, sometimes it was boring and then I would find really cool stuff that I forgot that I had, but I really did love the process and I especially loved the results. I don't remember how much I must have talked about this new system, especially online with my swap group, but I know me pretty well. And when I'm excited about something, I really do go on and on about it pretty much nonstop. But this system, it was 
just working so well for me. And I was sure that it would work well for other people who also worked by colour like I did. It was just so much faster for me to create that purple and green layout now. I would grab the purple box and the green box, choose my embellishments, create the projects, put the unused items back in the boxes, and then, bam, it could go onto the shelf. And it was not as much chaos. It was easier and I was creating a lot more frequently. Everything was within arm's reach and I really like that. And I was also just starting to dabble in the world of Copic markers and getting back into making cards, which I hadn't done for a while. And I was just so happy with this new system. And I was really happy with this little tiny creative space because it was easier to keep it tidy and it was much faster to pack up after I was done with the project. But while I was feeling very happy with my newfound storage solution, my lovely friend Linda was struggling with hers. I can't remember whether she mentioned it in our swap group or she had sent me a message, but she I distinctly remember that she had said she was walking into her little craft room and she just was so despaired at the state it was in. It was too messy and she would just look at it and sigh and turn around and walk back out and I was heartbroken for her. Linda was the most amazing crafter. She really enjoyed it. It was truly her happy place, especially while she was going through some pretty serious stuff. And I I couldn't push it out of my mind. And so I started to wonder whether my new storage system could be replicated in her workspace and maybe it would work for her. We talked about it a bit and in the name of craft science, I negotiated a weekend away from my family. I got my car with some tubs, 13 tubs, a bunch of colour labels and all the Ziploc bags I had used in my sorting, I repurposed them and I drove five hours out to Cowra (laughs) and I spent the weekend with my lovely friend Linda and her husband drinking tea. We caught up with another lovely lady from our swap group and we sorted out her craft room. So we not only sorted things into the colour tubs, but I put her through a full declutter as we went along. I only had about, I only had two days. I had to be on the road um, fairly early Sunday afternoon to make it home so that I could get everything moving to you know get ready to go back into a school week at home. And so there was no way I was leaving till the job was done. She ran out of steam way before I did. But I, I just said, right, you sit here and I would hold things up and say, what do you want to do with this? Keep it, donate it in this tub, in that tub. And boy, we found some interesting stuff and all she had to do was sit and make some decisions. So while I was able to help her put the colour tubs into place in her craft room, she actually already had some really clever storage solutions of her own that we just tweaked a little bit to get them humming again. For her 12 by 12 cardstock and papers, she had hit up the local pizza shop for some brand new pizza boxes at a very low cost. So she stacked them up, secured all the lids, taped it all together, but she cut out the front sections, thereby turning them into a very clever, lightweight, inexpensive paper storage rack. Really, really clever. All we did was sort through it and put everything back into colour order and that worked a treat. She also had a this little unit that was packed with tiny little drawers and she used that to store her chipboard letters and numbers. Now, I've never really been into chipboard alphabets very much, but Linda used to use them all the time 
and really well. And it was a really clever system. It came from the hardware store. And when I thought about it, I had the exact same system on my desk. I had rifled through that and taken everything out of it when I made my color box system because it was full of little things. And it was driving me mad because I was constantly opening little drawers. But she had all her alphabets in them. She had a letter on the front. So she knew that this drawer is full of the letter A and she would break up her sets because she was really into mixing and matching fonts. It was fantastic. So we just made sure that that was tidied up and she went back to using that. So remember I said, look in the kitchen department, look in the bathroom department, look in the laundry department. Well, let's add to that now. Look in the hardware store and look in auto supply stores because I've actually found some really cool stuff in an auto store that I really, it's it's not really craft supplies, but you know, sometimes you just got to think outside that craft box. It took about a day and a half. And when we were done, Linda was delighted. And I, I was so thrilled that I was able to help her reclaim her happy place. Linda used that storage system even after moving house twice, right up until her health deteriorated to the point where she couldn't craft anymore. I am absolutely humbled that I was able to do that for her. It cost me next to nothing, but it was worth so much. And as far as craft science experiments go, I call this one a great success. So having done this makeover on my own and with a friend, I've got to say it's much faster and way more fun when you do it with a friend. And if this is a storage system you think would work for you, find your favourite series on Netflix and get stuck into it. Even better, if you have a crafty friend and you both love this idea, take turns helping each other, crank some tunes, put the kettle on, sort out an easy lunch and have some fun sorting out each other's fantastic stashes. You will be getting ideas at the same time. So make sure you jot those down as well. Now, if you are not a paper crafter, don't think I've forgotten about you. I have not forgotten about my fabric peeps. I use the same tubs and storage system for my fabric. As I mentioned in episode 11, I store my fabric in one of two ways. Any fabric that I've purchased to make a specific quilt project is bagged together all in one bag and those bags are in a tub under my sewing desk. All other fabric is sorted in colour tubs. Now, I admit I've purchased way more fabric than will fit into those tubs and the entire cupboard is currently in desperate need of a cull and a tidy up, but the system works. There are some exceptions to the rule, though, currently in my cupboard. I do have tubs for specific types of fabric, and that's because when I had my doll making business, I needed to keep them separate. They had specific uses. I have a tub for tulle, which I used for dolly tutus. I have a tub for flannelette, which I use for dolly pajamas. And there's a tub with some yarn in it that I use for doll hair uh, when I was doing mermaids and raggedy Ann style dolls. I also have tubs for trims and notions and that kind of thing. So when when I do my fabric cupboard makeover, I will be sorting the tulle and the flannelette into the appropriately coloured fabric tubs. The yarn will go into my yarn storage in the hall within my IKEA unit with all the uh, acrylic yarn. But the trims and the notions, they can stay in their own boxes because that's handy to do. Over on the blog at about this point, I will put a photo of my sewing cupboard the way it looked when I first installed it and it looked amazing and you might get some ideas in there. Now let's move into paint because I paint as well and I store my paint very differently. I do store it by colour, but each different brand has its own storage unit. I keep my your tubes of paints and mediums in a big wire basket. It's I've put a piece of cardboard in the bottom. It looked like a good idea, but it 
wasn't very sturdy. So I've got a piece of cardboard in the bottom of this wire basket that I got from Kmart and they're all standing up so that I can see the colours at the top of the tubes from a, you know, at a glance. I keep my Semco acrylic paints that come in little bottles in some drawer units. I also got those at Kmart in the kitchen department, winning there, and they fit perfectly. They're the perfect height and I can fit quite a lot. So these are little drawer units that have two side-by-side drawers but the units stack. So I have two units, they're stacked on the shelf and I can just slide the drawer out and I can pull the drawer completely out, pick out the paints that I want, put the drawer back in. It's kind of like a high-rise apartment for my paints. They live in colour order because that's how I find things quickly and easily. However, when it comes to my embroidery threads, I do not store them in colour order. You may be wondering, why is this so? I will tell you. When working through a cross-stitch pattern thread key, everything's listed by code. It's all by number. So all of my DMC threads are wound onto cardboard bobbins, placed lovingly into proper embroidery thread caddies in numeric order. I tried keeping them in their hanks the way you buy them from the store, but I ended up with so many. They were out of order. They were getting tangled up. It It wasn't pretty. It just wasn't pretty at all. The tangle mess took a very long time to sort out. Winding them onto bobbins took a lot of time. So it's one of those things I did in front of the TV at night. You know, I could put a movie on or hubby would put a movie on and I could just sit and wind bobbins. It was very calming and it was an investment in time, but it really does make it easier to find the threads that I'm looking for. So when I start a new pattern, I pull the cards out of the caddy and I store them in a zipper pouch. I keep a zip pouch just for cross-stitch patterns on the go. It has a little small pair of scissors. I keep my pattern. I keep my Aida fabric, my tapestry needle, and a frame if I'm using one or a hoop. And I try really, really hard to only work on one cross-stitch pattern at a time. It's not Sometimes I have two on the go, but I try to keep it to one. And uh, when I'm done, I can just grab all of the thread bobbins and put them back in the caddies because the gap are still there from where I took them out and it's nice and neat. The advantage to this method of storage is that there are actually blocks of colours in numeric order that work perfectly together. They have these fantastic ombre effect. It's not all of them. Some of the colours where the numbers go, they're really, really weird and random but occasionally you'll see a bunch of them together and they work so well. I recently found this to be very handy because I'm working on a new class design that I'm teaching at the Gosford Sewing Machine Centre and it's an ombre project. So it features ombre painting over quilting as well as some simple hand quilting in ombre colours as one of the finishing options. So I'll pop a link to the class in the show notes for those who are local or just curious to check it out. And I also find that when I'm doing freehand embroidery, I just like to open all three of my caddies and just see which colours take my fancy at the time. It's so easy to pull them out and it's so easy to put them back because the numbers are the numbers. It's really easy to find where they need to go. It is the same with my Copic markers. I keep those by code. Sure, that does follow the colour wheel, which makes me very happy. But if I kept all my light blue ones together and then the mid blues and then the dark blues, it would just take me forever to find the actual colour I'm looking for. I work entirely by Copic codes when it comes to my colour choices. I use the Sandy Olnock hex chart to keep track of my colours, which ones I own, also which ones I have refills for. And 
It helps me choose color combinations I might not have thought of. If you are a Copic colorist, I highly recommend getting your hands on this chart. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. It's an excellent resource for those who are really getting serious about Copics. Now, finding the ideal storage solution for you, it might take time and it might change over time, especially if you change the way that you approach your craft of choice. But when you get it right, it can save you so much time and mental bandwidth that it is worth the time and the effort to get it set up. Here is my encouragement to you. Some questions to ask yourself. Is my current craft storage system working for me? If not, why not? And what would make this process easier? So if you find yourself constantly frustrated at opening Ziploc bags, then maybe you need to switch to something that doesn't involve Ziploc bags. If you're sick of getting up and walking over to get the same supply over and over and over again, maybe you need to move it closer to where you work or move where you work closer to your supplies. Sometimes it's that thing that you complain to your friend about that is the thing that maybe you need to find a new solution for. If your current system does work for you, that is super awesome. And I hope that you will get in there this week and make something just for fun. Thanks so much for joining me in the craft room today. You can find links and other information about today's episode in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I'd really appreciate that. I do hope you have a very crafty day and I will see you next time. Bye for now.